Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey everybody, this is Reba and Allison, and welcome to the Rooted Deep podcast, where we really hope when you walk away from this episode and others like it, that you'll find some things in your life that anchor your soul. Uh, you know, Al, we talk all about this all the time, that we really want the podcast to be something that gives us that that anchor so that we walk out of the podcast and into daily life and we feel like we've got something that holds us strong and firm because we all need that, I think. Yeah. And I think this series has helped us, even me and you, when we're doing the research or reading about, you know, pioneers that have come before in these in ministry and history, you know, it's really it has and looking at what anchored them and looking at the either the legacy that they had or the strength um, that they had in their savior, it really does kind of keep us a little bit more uh, rooted down. So I was I'm really thankful for this series because it's been so far it's been good. So we'll see how we'll see how today goes. So we'll see if uh, I'm still inspired. Oh no, absolutely. A, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Kelly, made this statement the other day that I thought was so powerful. She said, "You know, it's easy to focus on the fruit mm. because the fruit's shiny. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's not really it's not really fun to focus on the root." Because yeah. it's dirty, it's the hard work, and nobody sees it. It's in the dark. It's that kind of thing. But focus on the root, and fruit will come. Right. And I think these these women that we've been talking about in this series on Christian women who have influenced the world in massive ways, these women, I think, all have one. They probably have more than one thing in common, but at least one thing they have in common is these were women who were willing to focus on the root of things. They were willing to get down, get their hands dirty. They were willing to do things in the dark. I don't think most of these women ever thought <laughs> when they were doing these things that they would eventually be talked about on a podcast. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and it is. And so many of these women, when we see this, we see this big shiny ministry or this mound mm -hmm. of books that they've written or this, right. you know, these monumental, you know, numbers, uh, whether it's converts or numbers, whether it's people called into missions, but a lot of them started serving just kind of right where they were in these tiny little, they started either started a girl's club or started mm -hmm. um, ministering to, you know, to a family next door, or they started, yeah, they reached in like, like Corey Ten Boom, just welcome somebody. They welcome somebody yeah. into their home, just right there locally. And I feel like sometimes we like you said, if we focus on this outcome situation yep. where we're focusing on, oh, I'm never going to do anything that big. Nobody's asking you to do anything that big. Somebody's right. asking you to talk to the person next door <laughs> or to care for the child at your table or yeah. to care for the, the students that are in your classroom. Yeah. Nobody's asking. So if everybody did, were faithful just in their tiny little circle, imagine you know, what the podcasts mm. would be in, in so in years, like in oh, years to come. Oh, absolutely. You know, cause if the Lord tarries is coming, somebody's going to be doing yeah. some version of this uh, in years to come and who will they be talking about and what, mm -hmm. what will their lives have done? So today we're going to kind of zoom in. We kind of, I mean, we really are kind of zipping back in time a little bit, uh, all the way back to the 1800s. This was a, a woman who was born uh, back in 1840 in Virginia. And uh, her her name was actually Charlotte uh, Charlotte Moon, and somehow she got the nickname 
Uh, I didn't find that out as how Charlotte became Lottie, uh, but uh, she went by Lottie. That is Moon. a typical back in the day. That is a typical uh, nickname for Charlotte. Okay. Of the L O T T at the yes. end of Charlotte. That is that is. You know what? Nickname. Look at you! Yeah. Look at you! You're yeah. so smart. See, that's what you just did. See, I'm going. I don't know how that happened. And Alan, see, leave it to Charlotte Allison to figure it out really quick, Lottie. So that's where it probably came from, Allison. But yeah, you know, she's born in Virginia in in the 18, in 1840. And most of us, if you heard of her name at all, you know her for an offering that happens every Christmas in a Southern Baptist church. Right. And uh, the Lottie Moon. And it's a big deal. Yeah. The Lottie Moon Christmas offering. That's exactly right. And why in the world does this woman get a get her get named for a Christmas offering? And what in the world? um, And if you don't attend a Southern Baptist church, you're probably going, who in the world is Lottie Moon? And Mm -hmm. uh, but man, this woman is just worthy of our time. Uh, She's absolutely worthy of our discussion because she dedicated nearly 40 years of her life to evangelism and to education and to the work in China. Uh, Really, honestly, Allison, we've talked about this before the podcast during a time when women, single women were not going to the mission field by themselves and they definitely were not going to China. Right, exactly. They um, and I think single single women were not doing much of anything. And uh, thankfully, because of her of her birth and the wealth of her family, she and her sisters were able to be educated and very well educated in um just in classical languages in um in in arts in the arts but (laughs) they didn't just use that for themselves or just use that to hopefully catch a husband because their family was and this is again this is a tie that their family were they were devout believers and and wanted their wanted their her education they all believed in education but they also believed in in you know in the furtherance of the gospel so when lottie moon got it she kind of uh, was a little bit late bloomer. Uh, she kind of got saved as a teenager, just like sure. me. I got saved as a teenager and then kind of got a little bit more serious about what, what the Lord could do with her life. And then she started hearing stories about the other side of the world. And yeah. Um, she was, yeah, so she was invested in education at first, but it's like she wanted to do more for the mm-hmm. cause of Christ. Oh, absolutely. So, her, you know, she's the fourth of nine children. Okay, so big family. So mm-hmm. she's number four out of nine. And her parents, as we mentioned, she grew up in Virginia. Her parents owned a actually a tobacco plantation. And, and as you mentioned, it was a very successful plantation. So they were, for their time period in history, they were well off. Telling is that she's at dinner one night at a social gathering at her home. And there was a guest there who was a missionary from China. And this missionary was speaking passionately about the needs of China and the Chinese people and the lack of people willing to go to China and share the gospel with these people. And here's this teenage girl listening to this missionary stories. And she said there began to be a stirring within her heart. Mm. And she began to just feel compelled to be a missionary. She felt compelled for China. But again, you know, as we said, this is a time when women, single women, were not doing that. So here she is feeling drawn and compelled to do something that she doesn't know one person like her that's doing. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And then who, yeah, exactly. And so who do you talk to when that happens? And who <laughs> do you <laughs> like, no, really, I can do it. I can do it on my own. I can, I can. Right. Um, and, and, and that's, that's interesting. I think 
in in this day and age, it's not. I'm, I'm surrounded, and you know, I'm surrounded mm -hmm. by missionary women who are single, who yes. are strong, and they are doing it. But it's because of a of a person like Lottie Moon who really kind of pushed the boundaries a little yeah. bit further past what you know what it was normally because married missionaries those were the thing and it was mainly the men's job and the, and and the women just kind of visited around the villages that day yeah so it's it's just this incredible that this young teenage girl gets this burning desire to be something that nobody else is being that she doesn't know one other person doing what she's feeling led to do but so obviously she's met with resistance from her family she's yeah. met re with resistance from uh the the sending agency the foreign mission board uh, she's met with resistance from different places, but because of her persistence, mm -hmm. because of her church's belief in her, and and over time, they they made a way. And the next yeah. thing you know, you've got this pioneer, this this single missionary mm -hmm. on her way to China, and and there's not another one quite like her. You know, I mean, right. here she yeah. goes, and so she's the first single missionary to be sent overseas by the foreign mission board, which at the time was the Southern Baptist's mission sending agency. And today that foreign mission board is known as the international mission board of the IMB. And so this is 1873 though. And here she goes, Lottie Moon heads over to China. And, and as you mentioned, she really, she blazes a trail mm -hmm. for so many other women to follow. And she lays a track down that is going to guide the way for so many yeah. more to come behind her. And what a cool, you know, what a cool thing. And Allison, I know that, that even how she did it is important because again, thinking about there's nobody's ever done this before like her. She's right. not a single woman missionary um, and in China. And then all of the writings that I saw about her, and I think you did too, was she spent 40 years getting to know the people, learning the language, living among them, and living in their culture and adopting their culture to be hers. So it wasn't like she went over there and kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. She really found a way to become Chinese as much as possible. Yeah, as much as possible. And that's, that's one of the things that as I was reading, when she went from the States, uh, from, from, from Virginia, or actually from Georgia, all the Georgia. way over to China, then she's 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 kind of doing the same thing all of the what the missionary wives are doing because she's a woman she's with the missionary wives and and that's where she's kind of like but wait a minute only women can reach chinese women so the men the these the real the missionaries yep. um and i've i've gotten stuck with this because if when gary and i are introduced it's the gary hale family and it's like well gary and allison are both missionaries but i mean female empowerment but i'm also like yeah wait a minute hang on a minute you know i am for female empowerment. god called me too but, um, right <laughs> yeah you know i think that's yeah. an important point not for us to get yeah. sidetracked but i do think that's yeah. an important point because god calls women to the field and he calls their husbands to the field and they go yeah. together um, and I, you and I've been doing this long enough to know that if a man's called to a field and his wife is not called, it's going to be a difficult journey. Yeah. But when they're both called to the field, mm -hmm. there are powerful things happen, you know, not to get sidetracked, but I think that's an important point, you know, that, that there's two missionaries here, not just yeah. one, but there's yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Exactly. And so she, as a single woman is just like traveling around with all the missionary wives. And she's like, wait a minute. And even some of the wives were like it, the, missionary women can reach Chinese women. Yes. The Chinese women were not being, uh, were not being really evangelized by the men. And so they were like, 
Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of a lost generation reaching a lost generation. And so Lottie Moon just said, no, we need to push further into evangelism. We need to push further into, you know, and so her language, obviously her education helped her with a study and the continual yes. study of the languages that she needed to know in order to go further in and continue her um, the work because she was very passionate about evangelism and again about education but mm-hmm. pushing the boundaries a little bit it was like she was hemmed in in the states okay finally she broke through that got to china and then she found herself a little hemmed in just by the by missionary <laughs> culture um by western culture and she's like yeah. wait a minute i'm gonna push that boundary further and continue to go as far as i can because of her because of her passion for everybody to hear the gospel. And I, there are times when, when I'm trying to explain to either a new, a new missionary or visiting missionaries, I'm like, we already have a lot of boundaries put on us. Our skin color is different from here in the Dominican. Our accent's going to be different. There's a lot of cultural distance. So whatever we can do to break down the barriers, whether it's learning the language a little bit further, whether it's trying to dress like them as much as we can, at the learning the food, understanding the food. I don't want my house. I don't want to come into my house and feel like I'm in the United States. I want to come into my house and feel like I live in the Dominican Republic and I enjoy it. So even the artwork on my wall is Dominican. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important, but that is something that Lottie Moon pushed for all of, all of us yep. to say, no, the culture that you're living in is the culture that you're living in and mm-hmm. don't look back kind of a situation. Yeah. Yeah, if you love the people enough to go, love yeah. the people enough to become one of them. To look like as, them, yeah. Yeah, and to become that as much as possible. And there are yeah. so many fan- fantastic stories of missionaries who did do that. Um, yeah. And Lottie is one of those. And so she's, you know, like you said, she's advocating for women. And she's okay. trying to get the gospel to Chinese women. And she, you know, her work, uh, she worked, she established schools for girls mm-hmm. who were not getting an education. She promoted opportunities for women to uh, really kind of break barriers. And I know we keep talking about this, but I mean, these were, this was a strong woman in her faith, giving, pushing for Chinese women to have an opportunity to read and to write and to hear the gospel and to receive the gospel and to be considered really part of the body of Christ and to, and for their, their, for their significance to the body of Christ to be recognized. This was 1800s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so this is not, you know, 1970. This is this, yeah, yeah this is, right. This is all of, this is all of this. And it's China, you know, uh, which yeah. has its own uh, cultural uh, barriers mm-hmm. and concerns. And so I think this was so cool as she just devotes herself to ministering uh, to the neglected, to the marginalized, mm-hmm. um, and how she just, she, you know, like we, like we said, she opens these schools, uh, she teaches Bible. She teaches life skills. She builds these really strong relationships with the local women and she earns their trust. Yeah. And not only their trust, but I love this as I, as I was studying through her life, their love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Chinese women loved Lottie Moon yeah. and they loved her passion for Jesus and for God's word and her passion for them. And it really left an indelible mark on generations to come yeah. uh, in yeah. China. And it was just, but it wasn't just China that she was influencing. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, yeah. And I think this is exciting. I mean, this is because she didn't say, okay, I'm a woman missionary in China. She still believed that women had 
power and influence in back in the States. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she appealed to those groups of women to say, Hey, y'all are powerful. Y'all are even more powerful than what you realize. And especially if you get into a little collective group within your church, you know? And so she's (laughs) like, Hey, I'm out here doing it, but y'all are just as powerful and y'all can. And so I really feel like, and she, yes, she did y'all because she was from, from the South. And so she said, y'all, yes, that's right. She um, She had to. And so, but I think that's really important because she didn't just say, you know, I'm here. I am a little woman. She's, you know, she's evangelizing and she's teaching women and she's empowering women in China, but she's also reaching back um, to her, to her home country and saying, women, y'all can, Y'all can you do can something help. serious. You can help. And we do need help. And y'all can help y'all can help hold the rope while we're out here, you know, mm-hmm. in on the front lines. And I think that was that and that's really what the the root of what she's known for that we see now is a huge piece. That that's what she's known for. Mm-hmm. Um in this day and age, but it started with her just believing in a few women back in the States. Oh, absolutely. And she started writing these letters. Now I just love this. She started writing these letters back to her, the churches and back to, um, you know, the, 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 the Southern Baptist groups that had brought her over and she's writing these passionate letters from China. And here's what happens. And I think this is just so cool. The letters that she's writing are getting read in all of these churches in the United mm-hmm. States. They said that her letters were so eloquent and they were so passionate and they were appealing for more mm-hmm. workers and they were appealing for financial support. and that somebody in 1888 said, hey, let's do a Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Mm-hmm. So they named this organized special offering at Christmas to send yeah. over to this Chinese missionary over here, Lottie Moon. And it was called the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And from 1888 till today, yeah. um, if you attend a Southern Baptist church at Christmas yeah. time, you're going to begin <laughs> to hear about the Lottie Moon yeah. offering. And that offering is a special offering that is taken every single year in her honor. And the full funding from those that offering from all those churches goes and pours into missionaries around the world and yeah. helps fund their work and what they're doing. And it's just this huge infusion of mm-hmm. support. And it's exactly what she was asking for right. in, in 1888. She's asking, we need you guys to band together. We need Mm -hmm. you guys to rally around us. We need you to come and we need you to give. Yeah, we need you to fund more missionaries to get here. Yeah, get them here. And 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 now we're sitting all the way up here, you know, in in 2023, people are still giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And that first uh, offering was uh Three thousand three hundred and something dollars was the very first offering in, okay. in 1888, which is a lot in 1888. Yeah, it was a lot. And it was enough to send three new missionaries to China. And that's what, you know, that that is what that went to. Lottie's like, hey, I just need a little bit more money. I just need some more help. Yeah in in my in my area but i'm going to tell you the story and i think that i think the importance to all of us is especially because i mean you and i both know how difficult fundraising is oh my goodness yes but you and i both can tell a story and right. we're pretty we're pretty good at telling a story and and that's and that's what lottie moon was excellent at i mean just writing it down yeah sending it out and inspiring people and not mm-hmm. saying, Hey, I need you to do it. Say, Hey, I'm doing it. God's doing this through us. You can get involved. Here's how, 
Mm-hmm. And back in 1888, it raised, you know, a little over $3,000. Now I'm an independent Baptist. So we were like, I, you know, I'm a little late to the game on learning who Lottie Moon is, you know, yes. we do a little things, things a teeny bit differently. However, um, we, you know, we partner with Southern Baptist missionaries. Um, my, my brother is a Southern Baptist pastor and they, they are, they always get excited about that offering because it does when you run into, um, when you run into, to ministries around the world that mm-hmm. are that from the South, you know, from, from international mission board or from North American mission board that are doing amazing work globally. And it started with this seed, uh, this seed that she planted in 1888. Yeah. And I think it just goes back to how we started the podcast. You know, there's yeah. this, this root, right. You know, where she's just saying, Hey, look, can you help? Will you help? Please yeah. help. And if you'll help, we can do this. And a few people just said, you know what? Let's just take an offering. Yeah. And then let's take an offering. And you, like you said, what what became, what was a $3,000 offering in the 1800s with many more churches adding on to, it's the power of collective giving. It's the yeah. power of collective sending. And, mm-hmm. you know, today still for us and, and both of our ministries understand the full impact of this as people jump in and get involved and say, hey, you know, um, like we've got a, I've got a, uh, some people who give to our ministry and it's a women's, it's a women's Bible study group. Yeah. So these are women who are, you know, they come and they meet for Bible study and they're like, Hey Reba, we're going to take up a couple offerings during our Bible study group time. And at the end, we're going to send you guys a check to help women mm. somewhere else. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. It's the same concept. Yeah. You know, it, it's, Hey, you know, maybe I don't have a lot of money and maybe you don't have a lot of money, but mm-hmm. as we gather together as a group and we pull our yeah. funds together and we send it, it makes a significant difference for, I know it does for us at Dare for More. And, yeah, and I'm sure, you know, there's people like that, that do for you at Mercy. So here's this woman who kind of did something again, did something different. And because just a little bit, just a little bit and watch looking what happens. Mm-hmm. But what's so interesting about her life was this was not a woman who lived in affluence in China, um, a lot of her life was marked by sacrificial lifestyle. And it actually became kind of legendary. I mean, this woman lived extremely modestly. She went without in order to provide for the needs of the Chinese people that she served. And there's so many stories that talk about her her personal sacrifice Mm. to make sure that the Chinese people had what they needed. She was willing to kind of endure this personal hardship because she yeah. deeply loved the Chinese people. Yeah. And, you know, and I think through that, you see this beautiful balance of a missionary who's asking for help, but's also willing to sacrifice herself personally. Yeah. You know, exactly. she's, she's making hard calls too, because mm-hmm. I think, I think giving is always sacrificial. Yes. Yeah. Because it, if you have a lot of money, you know, maybe God's calling you to give a lot and that yeah. can be sacrificial, right? If you only have a little and God's calling you to give, it makes a dent. And so I think when we, you know, because money is such a big deal to everybody, you know, money's a big thing. You know, we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion. We don't talk about money. Right. Um, And so, you know, when you get down to these core issues like money, I think all of us are like, okay, we have to make that sacrificial switch in our mind that Mm -hmm. it's, I don't, I don't give because I have, I don't give because I'm wealthy. I don't, you know, my, I give because I'm called to give. And all of a sudden people get to rally around this woman and her willingness to give herself set such a great example of, Hey, I'm not asking anybody to do anything. I'm not willing to do on the other end. 
exactly. Exactly. Which is beautiful. It is beautiful. And I think so many, there is, there is the, the element of, ha- of giving sacrificially, especially monetarily, but also time. You know, I think mm-hmm. sometimes um, some of us would, it, it's hard to give a little bit more time toward, you know, this or that. Um, but I, I was just telling my small group on Tuesday night, uh, I had a really interesting, I walked into my house I had to clean out my car. I found an extra bag of mangoes because it's mango season still. It's the end of mango season. And I know I love mangoes. I'm so sorry. I'm just struggling. Well, let me tell you where we are about this. And I'm not there. So go ahead. I'm sorry. And I had a bag of mangoes in my car that I had forgotten about. And I had a bag of mangoes in my house that I had also forgotten about, as well as somebody had just given me another bag of mangoes. Okay, that's simple. And I'm... Well, my, the thing that I'm learning is abundance rots. Hmm. Ooh, that's and really powerful. I'm looking at all of these mangoes that I had too much. I've had too many mangoes and there's too many to eat them all. And there's too many. And of course I'm sharing them. If I have a bag, I'm like, y'all take some, you know what I'm saying? But still just this abundance. And so you can think, and then you look into my closet and you look at the abundance of shoes that I have, I have more shoes than a missionary should probably have. I have probably way more shoes than a Lottie Moon did. And um, I think a Lottie Moon, a Lottie Moon, a Lottie Moon offering probably would fund my, my shoe um, collection. <laughs> However, they're, they're rotting because I have so many that I'm not wearing them all. And so they're kind of sitting in the back of my closet getting dusty. And then yeah. Then kind of the glue, you know what I'm saying? And they, and yeah, they just do you know what you're yeah. saying. You're convicting me. And so you, you understand abundance rot. And so it's like yeah. to do this week, I was looking at the, the amount of mangoes in my, in my house and I'm really, yes, I'm trying to peel them and freeze them so I can make juice later. But that's that. I think when we come to, when, when it comes mm-hmm. time to what we're living for and what Lottie Moon is, Lottie Moon was saying, listen, we all have to give. And she was giving on the field. And she was, and she was encouraging people to give back home, to get involved in what God's already doing. Yeah. Um, and you can either sit on the abundance um, and you can sit on your abundance of time, but even time, even if you have too much time on your hands, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. that's, yeah. it rots. And so yeah. I think, um, but I, I think another interesting thing about Lottie Moon that I noticed is she established furloughs for missionaries. She saw missionaries getting sick early leaving the field because of health reasons. And she's yeah. like, man, maybe we do need to have like some time on the field. And so now she went 10 years and then a furlough, 10 years and then a furlough. They narrowed it down. Traditionally, it's four years, then a furlough. And I think now missionaries are taking, uh, you know, some different types of breaks, but she encouraged not only missionaries to serve and serve with everything they had, but yeah. she also encouraged them to rest. And I think that was a- another game changer for the longevity of missionaries overseas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's so good. And now that Allie's convicted all of us to the point that we're just beyond, we're, we're, we need to like sing just as I am and all come to the altar right now. That's powerful. Uh, that really is. But I am a little jealous because you've got more mangoes than you need. I have to tell you, because the I mangoes know, right? here do not taste like the mangoes there. But they anyway, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think going back to Lottie Moon, she, she made some statements that kind of, you know, some quotes that, kind of connect to her. And I think as we think about her legacy, because her legacy is continuing to live on. Yeah. It continues to motivate and, and mobilize Christians worldwide. Um, you know, it it continues to cause people to sacrificially give 
And, um, you know, she said this, she said, the needs of these people press upon my soul and I cannot be silent. Mm. And I thought, man, if, you know, that was my favorite of all of her quotes, the needs of yeah. these people press upon my soul and I cannot be silent. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing for all of us to ask kind of in this, you know, this moment of what are the things that press upon our souls? Right. And do we, do we, is it, it's just us, you know, or is there things that God is allowing to press upon our souls to where we cannot be silent? We have to speak into it in some way. And I think that's, she said this, she said, we have all eternity to celebrate the victories, but only a few hours before sunset in which to win them. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I loved it, man. I'm like, you know what? That's so true. We do. We have all eternity to celebrate the victories, but only a few hours before sunset in which to win them. And I just thought, "Mm, that's so good. And then tying in, Allie, to write what you said a while ago, she said, the trouble is not too many people are willing to do too much. The trouble is too many people are willing to do too little. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think. that we, you know, can learn so much from her life. I think mm-hmm. her life can be so inspiring to us. And what a great reminder that her willingness to step out and do something that had never been done this way before caused an impact that is still impacting missions today in massive right. ways. Her name is still being referenced at least every Christmas. Every um, year, yeah. And and I think it's important that we all kind of remember who she is. And 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 if you've never heard of her before, I, I'm so glad we got to introduce you to her today because yeah. uh, she lived this sacrificial life and uh, and this dauntless life. And I really can't wait to meet her in heaven and maybe just to get down and see who this woman is. And I I have a feeling that she is uh, is fierce. And I, I love that. Uh, yeah. I do love that. So, uh, so just be an encouragement today. I think as we as we celebrate her life, and maybe you love to go and read a little bit more about her life. Uh, you can you can definitely go find out more about her and go do that. But I think I think we could leave with Allison's thought as we tie today, and that is all of us have this opportunity that God's given us. Um, and if we if we hoard mm. the, the the things that He gives us, um, you're well said, Allison. It just rots in the end. Yeah. Um, we, we don't have, we don't do anything with it. So what, you know, what do we have an opportunity to do today? Or maybe what is God calling us to do today that maybe nobody else has quite done it just like that. Right, and, exactly. and maybe God is using, uh, going to use you in this, this thing he's drawing you to do, um, to be a world changer. Uh, it really is Lottie Moon was. And so again, start with where you are, start mm-hmm. with what you have in your hand or what you have to clean out of your truck. Um, start with, you know, yeah. start with the class in front of you or the, or the, or the, mm-hmm. the kid at your table or yep. the neighbor down the street or the, or the friend that's struggling in church, start with them. We, we're not asking you to go raise $1.5 billion every year for mission. Nope. We're nope. asking you to look for a project, even just right where you are and say, I'm going to give, you know, and, and I'm going to push the boundaries a little bit of what I can give and what I can do. Absolutely. Well, this has been a, Great podcast and fantastic to talk about uh, Lottie Moon's life. Uh, stay stay with us for the next week or so because we're going to continue to talk about uh, really women who have just impacted history, um, Christian women who've done phenomenal things and have made their indelible impact on our lives. And if you enjoy uh, these kind of conversations and you don't want to miss the next one, and, and you may want to go backwards and jump in on some that you've missed already. So until next time, stay rooted deep.
Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.